Welcome, welcome, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Doghouse. My name is Will, and I am your host of the official podcast of the best fantasy football league in the nation, nay, the world. Thank you for joining us. It was a very brilliant decision of you to tune in as we have an amazing episode for you today. And of course, the reasons why the episodes get really good is because uh, when we have big trades, we have double the content. And that's exactly what's happening right now. We have a bunch of big trades to get into today, and I'm super excited. I want to get into them right away. Uh, But of course, it is the doghouse. So first, we have to do a roll call. And I see Stella right there laying down out here with me. I'm outside right now. You might be able to hear some of the uh, toads and bugs and crickets and grasshoppers and whoever else is making noises out here, other critters, and then uh, bugs and such. And then Dukers is around here somewhere. I don't know where Dukers is. He might be out in the property. Who knows? But we are out here in the doghouse outside tonight, and I am so happy that you're listening in. Let's go ahead and get to... Oh, I got to tell you, that's right. Uh, uh, Stella is skinny as shit now. So remember, Stella was always the fat one. She had like 93 pounds at one vet visit during like COVID. Uh, she's like 65 pounds now. She's skinny as fuck. She paces the shoreline like a goddamn crackhead. And she like is like fishing. Like she keeps going for the bass, but she's never going to get them. And she's also, we like to think that she's looking for the venomous snakes, but she's probably just chasing the baby bass all over the shoreline uh so that's what she does but like we have to like bring her in because she'll literally just go for hours and hours and hours and then just come back like you can barely breathe because she's not the smartest but anyway we also got a new dog we got a little tiny purse dog he's really smart though so he's pretty decent as little tiny purse dogs go but he's a little fucking ankle biter piece of shit so you know that kind of sucks but I already, they told me I already had two real dogs, so I didn't get to veto their babe, like fake dog, a Princess Purse, Paris Hilton dog, uh, because I already had two real ones. So uh, we, have a, we have a third dog in the house, and he's 10 weeks, and he's a little tiny toy poodle toy spaniel combo, and he's cool as toy dogs go, but you know, he's like a toy, so you have to like not step on him because he's like three pounds, you like break his neck and shit. But anyway, speaking of broken necks, let's get into some football. <laughs> Am I right now? That's a good segue right there. Oh, I can't mess up the rest of this recording because I got to make sure this one sticks. All right. So if we're going to get into this recording and we're going to make it stick, we got to get into the next segment. And that means we're going to have the episode MVP. The episode MVP is BT. And why? Because we have a lot going on in this episode and everyone was invited to call in to give their interpretation and their side of their trades and BT immediately called in. He dropped what he was doing. I heard he was in the middle of conducting brain surgery but I don't know how true that is. My source wasn't great, but he seemed pretty passionate about the fact that BT was doing, if it wasn't brain surgery at that time, it was something like equally important. And he just stopped what he was doing to immediately call in. And so BT is like, there was many, many, many contributors to this episode, as we will see, as who will get credit as we get going. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give the episode MVP to BT for his timeliness and how quickly he immediately provided that content, content, (laughs) easy for me to say, content to the doghouse. So good job, BT episode MVP. All right, now let's get to the good stuff. That is right. My favorite segment is coming up. We have the news. Well, I love that sound because it means it is time for the news. And in our league, when we really have some news, that means we have some trades. And boy, don't we ever have some trades today. We last left off with the Russell Gage trade, which was trade number 14 on the season, by the way. Haven't had even 
OTA. No, we have had OTAs. We have. What are we at? We're we're training camp. Training camp starting right now. Haven't even had before training camp. We had twenty trades. This is fourteen is where we left off last time. We've had six trades since then. But in between trades fourteen and fifteen, almost two months passed by. So that was pretty interesting, right? We had this lull, and there were some trades that were getting negotiated with Booby that never happened. And everyone was kind of posturing and kind of feeling everyone else out on values of players. And as soon as the dominoes started falling, we had a lot of trades very quickly. But we went almost two entire months without a trade. This is the ebb and the flow of the Dynasty League. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I am a huge fan. But let's go ahead and get into what was that first trade that broke the seal. And it was a big one. Needham acquires Stefan Diggs from me. Diggs was the wide receiver seven last year and the wide receiver three the year prior. He also had a top 10 uh, wide receiver year in 2018. Look, I hated trading away Diggs. I'm a huge fan. I was pleased with the return though, as I got J.K. Dobbins. Needham's 2025 first, and Gabe Davis. Look, I did not want to trade away Diggs, but I've been facing this dilemma, which is my roster was incredibly top-heavy, and all of them were on their last contract. I had minimal draft capital. I had to break up the band. I wanted so badly to hold on to each and every one of my stud players and go for that empire pot, and I just had to accept that if I did that, number one, I probably wouldn't win because being one of the best four teams in the league, you still have to actually beat the other three teams, which means you need luck and things to go your way and blah, blah, you know, whatever, smart decisions and midseason and, and waiver wire additions and all these different things. Or you can just actually accept the fact that you've already won one. Thank your lucky stars and do the smart thing for the long-term roster. So I had to break up the band. Look, over a year ago, I was telling Needham how I didn't necessarily uh, have a plan for my roster long-term. Uh, he told me with your wide receivers aging, you'll need to trade off one per year to get some depth back. Well, that's exactly what I ended up doing, and I ended up doing it with him so he ended up uh, really talking this into existence so now look Needham has Stefan Diggs he has his alpha wide receiver uh, I ultimately pulled the trigger because I got younger I got some depth uh, and I, I, I felt I could make up some of the points that I was losing with Diggs in that second uh the second uh, uh, flex spot with Diggs, I was thinking I can, I can gain some of those back by putting Dobbins into my uh, second running back slot. And I know Dobbins isn't going to be ready right away, but from like a dynasty perspective, solid number two behind CMC. Uh, so anyway, let's see. So what did I say? Uh, blah, 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 blah. And little, but of course... Little did I know that Dobbins, who I thought I was going to be a very solid running back two, was about to become my running back one. But we will talk about that later. So that was the first big trade that started off a, a, a few dominoes. Congratulations to Needham. Uh, you went out and got yourself an alpha wide receiver. I love Stephon Diggs. Uh, one of the reasons why I was willing to make this trade to you including fearing playing you in the playoffs, was any points that Diggs scores, I will get some of those because I have Allen. So Diggs cannot hurt me as much as, uh, you know, trading CMC to Austin, who at the time that I made the Diggs trade with Needham, I, I did not, uh, I, I had already walked away from an Austin trade with CMC. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but I could see... McCaffrey beating me in the playoffs. Diggs, I don't think, will beat me in the playoffs just because I have Allen mitigating Diggs' points. So that was a little less scary for me. But 
anyway, let's go ahead and get to the next, uh, the, the, the next trade that we had. But first, let's go ahead and take a word from our sponsor. This episode of The Doghouse is brought to you by... The Drugster. Come on down today. The drugs are okay, but they're illegal, so don't tell the police. Come on down today. Well, thank you very much. So our next trade, as I said, the dominoes started falling, and this next trade was the next day. So we had two months off. As soon as we had the digs trade, boom. Needham's not done. He makes another trade the next day. He shows he's going for top-end talent as he sends Wyland his 24 first for James Conner. Now, Conner finishes the RB5 last year with Arizona, so they responded by signing him to a three-year deal. So Needham backs up getting the wide receiver seven with the running back five. That is not a bad day at the office. Not a bad 24 hours at all. Needham, I see you. I love that you're going for it. Uh, I wish you all the luck as long as you don't beat me. Uh, our next trade, which was number 17 on the season, is another big one. And, and look, I don't want to, I feel like I kind of skipped over that one really quickly. The acquisition of James Conner is a very, very, very big deal. I wish I had the RB5 uh, from last year on my roster. Uh, well done. You, you lose Dobbins, not lose, you trade away Dobbins in getting digs, right? And the wide receiver is going to last a lot more than a running back who's coming off an ACL. Um, but you replace Dobbins with the RB5 from last year in James Conner. And, and look, a lot of people are expecting him to do a pretty very much similar this year. Also, you have DeAndre Hopkins vacating a bunch of targets for the first six weeks, and James Conner's, uh, James Conner's going to get the benefit there. Look, will he get in the end zone as much as he did last year? I mean, probably not. I mean, what, did he have like 17 touchdowns last year or something crazy? It was just like you can always expect him to get into the end zone. That's not very realistic, but he – is going to be playing the same role in the same offense, and he's the same guy, and he's healthy. So, you know, why? while that number might not be realistic, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets within, you know, 90% of it, so 80% of it. Uh, well done, Needham. Diggs and Connor, not a bad day at the office. Well done, indeed. Okay, our next trade, number 17 on the season, is another big one, and this occurred on the same day as the James Conner trade. And it also included Wyland, as he acquires Cortland Sutton from BT for a 24 first and a 23 second. Now, just like Needham, Wyland backs up his first trade with another one immediately. However, unlike Needham, Wyland didn't only acquire players. He got a first for Conner, and then turned around and sent, a fir- sent that first in a package. No, sent a first in a package for Sutton. But hearing from me blows in comparison to hearing from the person that actually had Sutton. BT? BT. BT here, calling in to discuss the uh, Cortland Sutton trade with R-Dub. Uh, that was a tough one basically offered the trade due to my perceived depth of wide receiver and Cortland Sutton's age. He's getting up to 27, which is actually prime, but uh, figured this is an opportunity to maximize value on him. Uh, I certainly do think he can smash, especially with Russell Wilson. Uh, there's also a small uh, possibility that he is average and the ball gets distributed around. I already got Alex O and Javante Williams on that team. So R-Dub was a perfect uh, trade partner in this as he has Russell Wilson. And he had a couple of uh, wide receiver issues going on. Uh, On the calculator, it'll tell you I won this trade. I think by a decent margin if I remember. But this this trade... Hold on. I got to cut you off there despite you being in the middle of a thought. I get that we need calculators. But I'm going to throw out there... Right here and right now, I have significant concerns about keep, trade, and cut. (laughs) Easy for me to say. Keep, trade, cut. Insert rant here. Oh, wait. No, I'm actually supposed to insert my rant. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. So keep, trade, cut 
is based off what everyone says who goes to keep trade cut. In other words, it's literally just the ideas of the masses, which is just a regurgitation of what all the experts are saying, only interpreted by a bunch of idiots, and then all put us together. It's like Wikipedia if no one fact-checked Wikipedia. I am not interested in getting my trade calculator from people who know less than fantasy football than me. I want to get my trade calculators from people who actually do this for a living. So this idea that keep trade cut is better than the rest of them, uh, I don't know where exactly that came from. And I don't know much about the algorithms for the, I don't know anything about the algorithms for the other calculators, but at least on keep trade cut, we know that it is influenced by what we say. And I don't want, it's like, I don't want to be in any club that'll take me. I don't want to go to any calculator that would take my input. So anyway, that is my rant. And, uh, but look, I, 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 I don't, BT, you were saying something, but then, I mean, something, something happened. I can't quite remember what, Do you, what happened? So I got cut off there, but finishing my thought. Uh, again, the trade calculator, I think, uh, had this in my favor by a decent margin, I think. Nothing extravagant. But uh, this trade could certainly backfire on me as it gives uh, Rick a pretty nice stack and something he can uh, that will solidify his offer. By the way, I'm confident in the team, and I'll see you in the finals, R-Dub, because we know the rest of these teams ain't shit. BT coming out firing, and look, I get it. We're going to get into power rankings a little bit later on. BT's roster came out very strong on the power rankings, but I got to say those power rankings were the keep trade cut power rankings, so we all know that I don't pay much attention to them. But anyway, BT's confidence is not surprising. And look, BT, like Needham, came into this league about the same time, taking over a roster that had not been really, it was really more ran like a redraft league and not really ran like a dynasty league, both of them. And they, they both of them took their time. They made a lot of transactions, a lot of trades, a lot of um, decisions were made, a lot of movements made. And they ended up creating a roster in their own image, and they both did incredibly, incredibly well. I would not be surprised if we see Needham and BT both in the semis this year as both have uh, really done so much with the roster. I feel like I'm yelling over the toads. I don't know if you can hear the toads uh, slash frogs, but let me be quiet for a second so you can really hear them. Hopefully you heard that. I might play this back at the end and find out that that was just dead air, but they're loud as shit, at least in person. So hopefully they came across there as well. Regardless, look, we got to check in on our boy Needham. The cat box has not um, been able to record because they've had a COVID outbreak. We hate when our people are down. Uh, of course, with COVID, it doesn't just take us down. It takes out members of our family as well. So you need them. Uh, sorry for the delay on this episode, but let's get you in here as quickly now as possible. Please give us an update on how the family's doing with COVID. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yes. Um, COVID was no joke for me. I know you care. Well, thanks for asking. Um, I was laid low for a little while, but I'm back. Um, the kids pulled through pretty easily. Wife got a bit sick, um, but that's about it. So that's my COVID update for you. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Doghouse Live from the Cat Box. I'm very happy to hear, most importantly, that the family is doing relatively well. Of course, it doesn't sound like anyone's enjoying their time with COVID, but at the same point, I'm glad uh, that no one's getting hospitalized or any significant scare medically, so good to hear. Um, what I'm also wondering, though, is what was your thought process during that little lull that we had uh, in between trades, and then how exactly 
Uh, what were the first thoughts that led you and I started the, the, the new trading cycle up? And so kind of what were your thoughts during the downside and then uh, what led to you initiating the trade discussions? Man, after, you know, it was like a seven, eight week hiatus from trades any, and longer if you count any trades of noteworthy mentioning, um, you know, you really got out there and you started talking about trading CMC and I was looking at it and I just wasn't interested in CMC and I was like, well, what if I take a run at digs? So that's kind of the impetus behind me reaching out for digs. And you knew I liked digs. So I went after him. I did not expect the price. Uh, you know, I wasn't. But then I thought about it. I said, well, I really want digs. And if the price is going to hurt one way or another, so be it. So off Dobbins went and on digs came and, you know, and there it goes. So, so that's how that happened. Absolutely. And I didn't say this before. But a very high price tag for digs because uh, I wanted to go for the Empire Pot. And I also, I love a, a, a good stack. I won a championship a couple years ago with the Murray Hopkins stack uh, in the Insane Asylum League. And I really liked my Allen's, Allen and Diggs stack. Uh, so I, I was fine with having a higher price for digs because worst case scenario, I don't trade them and I run it back with these champs. So um, I, I, I was... I had a high price, and if you were willing to pay for it, pay it. I was, I was willing to say that I'll take back that value. So, uh, but look, Needham's Needham's the winner in that trade. He got the best guy. So I'm just trying to balance out a roster a little bit after taking it and and just really just taking advantage of winning one. Like I didn't win one because I was so much better than everyone else. I I got one, so now I'm gonna make my adjustments and and try to make a run for a few in a row. But I don't. I don't see it with the roster as I currently have it, as we will find out as we get later on into this episode. Oh, I keep, I keep teasing that last big trade, but I'm not actually getting to it. Okay. Uh, I, I do feel horrible for recording prematurely, so we're all out of order here. We're talking about the Diggs trade after we'd already moved on, and we were on beyond the Connor trade and the Sutton trade. Um, but I, I, I did feel bad. And I just want to remind everyone that um, this isn't a real podcast. It's just me talking into my phone. And also, I'm quite confident that all four of the audience members will forgive me. But also, I'm not sure if you can be considered an audience member if you're also contributing to the episode. So, judges, no. No, the judges say we have no audience members because everyone actually contributes to the show. So, it's actually... We our audience is zero, which is exactly, exactly as I like it. Well, anyway, hey, uh, it sounds like Booby didn't really respond to offers, and and was not really. While well, people were kind of jockeying over the jet over the idea of trading for Jefferson, and really kind of deciding like, what does a big package for you know a stud look like? Um, that didn't really lead to anything or did it because it seems to me like Needham and I, we got it started. Yeah, that, that trade really did open Pandora's box. Um, it really got all the trade juices back open in the entire league. So for that, I would say, uh, Will, you, you're going to, you would have to be my episode MVP because I mean, the trades didn't stop there. Yes, I went out. And I immediately slung for Connors uh, for a 24 first. You know, I needed a starting running back after sending Dobbins off to you. So that was back to uh, the league. That makes perfect sense. And thank you for the honorary MVP take. You are too kind. But do you think you could lay it on a little thicker? My self-esteem is having a pretty tough time right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. You know, like... Um, BT and and uh, Wyland were just ready and chomping at the bit, ready to jump in on that action, and they started slinging out trades too, right? So they were they were happy participants to start getting in the action on there. And then once that happened, you had Austin going, you know, going uh, hog wild, and and now we're back to where we should be. You know, we got we got Jason Kelly sending out uh, offers, uh, but uh, yes, that is why. I go back to the original trading action and saying 
that you're our episode MVP. Doesn't happen often that the commish gets recognized, but this time it's you. Oh, you are just too kind, and we just have a mutual admiration society thing going on here, which I appreciate. I'm just filled with so many different emojis. I can't even press all the buttons at once. Um, but I am going to get back to the actual trade. <laughs> if I could just kind of get back to our news segment here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy that that uh, you joined us, Needham. And I also want to get back because Cortland Sutton was acquired for a 24 first and a 23 second. Now, one of the things that's actually, I think, pretty interesting is that Wyland had just acquired your first Needham, but this trade is for his first. In other words, Wyland is betting on himself that he'll finish ahead of you at the end of the 23 season. Now let's all stay tuned to find how that plays out. I'm a big fan of Cortland Sutton. I think he's going to have a very nice year in Denver with Wilson. Um, there are a lot of mouths to feed, but we've seen Wilson support Metcalf and Lockett while the Seattle running back was also scoring. So I'm confident that uh, Sutton will be able to put up sufficient points. I do think his upside will be a little capped by how many different playmakers they have, but I think he's going to be their wide receiver one, and I think he'll be a, a white, and I think I think he'll be their wide receiver one and a wide receiver one. Top 10 wide receiver, I'll call him. We'll go two more spots. Um, let's see. Looking at BT's side, he dealt from a position of depth, and he got back two very nice picks. Uh, even after trading away Sutton, he still has Waddle, DJ Moore, Pittman, Mooney, Brandon Cooks, and Jamison Williams. Uh, Jesus, BT, have some wide receiver depth. Jesus, Louise. Okay, wow. Um, now, as we get to our next trade, our trend continues. So just like Needham and Wyland, BT backs his trade up with another one. Just like Wyland, he quick, quickly starts spending the draft capital. And he spends up for his guy as he gets ETN and two-thirds from Austin for two-firsts and Singletary. The picks are BT's 24 first and his 25 first. Interestingly, again, BT had just gotten Wyland's 24th first, but sent his own. So Wyland thinks he'll finish ahead of Needham in 23, and BT thinks he'll finish better than Wyland. Now, this narrative might be completely wrong since there are two sides in a negotiation, but I like it, so I'm going to present it as fact. The takeaway here is BT loves himself some ETN, and he proved it. Now, Austin got quite a value for a guy that has never played an NFL snap, but he was taken at the 105 in our 21 draft for a reason. Right, So I see exactly what BT sees as well. The trend almost continued as Austin, like Wyland and BT before him, immediately spent that draft capital, but we had another trade as Austin's next trade was getting negotiated. While that was happening, Wyland got Ingram for, uh, from Pierce for Tampa Bay's rookie tight end taken in the fourth round and a third. Mm, sounds about right. Now, who knows? Maybe Ingram can erase his last four years of sucking and find his groove again in Jacksonville. It didn't cost Wyland much of anything, so I get it. And the last trade for this episode, oh boy, it's a big one. Trade number 20 on the season. It's also the one we've been waiting for. It's the one that has Austin. It's the one where Austin gets CMC for Singletary and three first Austin. A word, please. Yeah, uh, trades. So, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like uh, everyone was kind of doing trades. And I was like, oh, look at me. Everyone's getting tired and just wanting to do something, getting bored. And uh, when Will and I come together, it's if we trade, it's going to be big, okay? It's going to be big. Um, so, yeah, McCaffrey shot my shot, went for it. I'm going all in, pushing my chips in, going for it. And it didn't take me much to get there, you know, ETN in the first, whatever. Those thirds were a burden. You know, I can't really carry the roster space anyway, so that's just how good my team is. You know, my bench is 
just as lethal as some people's starting lineups, you know, including my taxi squad. So it's just, uh, it's had to get that one extra, the white running back, the unicorn. Welcome back, kid. Welcome home indeed. Now, do not forget, Austin took CMC originally at the 102 in our first startup draft. It's not our first startup draft, the only startup draft we've had. In the original startup draft. And then he traded CMC to me for Josh Jacobs, Cam Akers, and a first. So welcome home indeed. Gotta say, if you think about it, since Austin traded CMC, he didn't do anything. And now he can go and get him back and watch him flourish. For all we know, CMC is going to be amazing. Um, the, the two out of the three picks are the first that he just got from ETN. And then he just added his own 2025. So they're not even early picks. They're later picks. But for Austin, you know the story. When CMC is playing, he's good for two running backs numbers for just the one starting spot. But his injuries the last two years, combined with his age and the number of touches he had in the years leading up to his injuries, shows that he's a decent risk for injury for me. Austin is going for that championship. He finished third last year, and he's, he, he's going to try to make it the second year in a row where the third-place finisher then won it the next year. As for me, look, I did not want to trade CMC. I really wanted to go for that empire pot. I was confident that I could absorb the digs hit with Dobbins, but giving up CMC was going to be a different story. Um, but I finished in the money the last two years I had him, and he didn't contribute at all. So it's hard to lose something that you've never had. Also, and most importantly, three firsts and a startable running back was going to be more value than I was going to get from CMC, even if he stayed healthy and was the running back one. I also pictured him tearing his ACL in camp and him going back to having absolutely no value. So I pulled the trigger and now I find myself with draft capital as I acquired four firsts, Dobbins, Singletary, and Gabe Davis for CMC and Diggs. Now, my roster went from too heavy and old to balanced pretty quickly. But now we're going to find out if my balanced roster is just going to be mediocre perennially. All right. Now, we just had a phenomenal news segment with so many big names getting traded. Our news is my favorite part. It's always the, um, the juiciest segment that we have. But we are not done yet, folks. Before we get into the nuts and potatoes, we have a couple more thoughts from Needham. Need him? <laughs> Who needs him? Um, I do, and thank you for asking. So anyway, Needham, what I want to know is what do you think when there are uh, six trades pretty quickly, including major trades, after like a two-month hiatus? What, 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 is, what does that tell you? Uh, you you got to like all the activity, right? It's really rejumbled a lot of the power structure in the league. I mean, you know, VT uh, is probably the deepest team without a doubt. Um, but, you know, there's he, there's a lot of star firepower still on your roster, uh, Wyland's roster, uh, you know, uh, just a lot of rosters. I feel more confident. I went from probably struggling to make the playoffs to – I feel like I'm right on the outside looking in, probably at that five five spot, you know, uh, striking range. Maybe I can make something happen with a, another fortuitous trade or maneuver or second year player blossoming. So a lot of activity, a lot of teams uh, were able to um, reorganize the power structure and really get into it. I think uh, I think it's going to be an interesting year. Ah, uh, yes, an interesting year indeed, my friend. And what I'm wondering is what roster are you going to be keeping an interested eye upon? Yeah, for me, um, watching the trades that Austin has made is going to be really interesting. That is a really interesting lineup, right? You go Stafford with Zeke and CMC, Cup, Judy, Kelsey, uh, and then really it almost doesn't matter for those bottom four spots, but, um, I like to see what happens, um, with his, I think he can, it's crazy to say that he could just have a really big year or, you know, a lot of age and injury 
could catch up to that roster and you have no idea at this point where it's going, but I do like him going for it. I think he's got as a legitimate shot as any um, team out there right now. Um, and that's saying a lot. So Completely agree. Uh, I love his chances, um, but, but it looks like you had something else that you wanted to ask. Do you have something to ask me? All right. All right. So, why do you always get to ask all the questions? Look, aside outside of the trade that we made for Diggs and, and Dobbins, what was your most interesting or favorite trade that has happened since that trade? Like who else, what, which trade really um, interests you to like kind of watch and see how it progresses as, as the year goes, uh, you know, taking well, the obvious answer for me is going to be watching to see if CMC gets injured uh, or to see if he's an absolute stud or if he's healthy but not actually one that dominates his position. But if I can't vote for myself, then I will vote for the uh, Cortland Sutton trade as I'm very interested and invested in him. And we are about ready to move on, but we do have Austin here, so I want to ask him something Austin, who do you think in our league has a sleeper roster? My sleeper team, you ask, to get into playoffs and do some damage. Um, I'm going to go with Ben. I like a lot of his big pieces that he has. Not his piece, but, you know, the pieces on his team. And... Yeah, I like a lot of his players. One thing I did see, Brees, Brees Hall... On the on the taxi squad, yeah, you might as well just bring him up now and and figure out another way to manipulate that spot because he's going to be a big part of what you do. Um, but yeah, I, I like a lot of his his pieces, not not as deep as other teams, but he could uh, he could do something. So look out for Ben, like Benjamin Button. He was born a man. <laughs> you me cracking up. Dude, you're hilarious. Okay, so like Benjamin Button, who was born a man. Uh, that earlier in that recording, it almost got weird for a second, uh, but way to pull it out and agreed on Brees Hall. Now, look, we this episode has been awesome. We've had so much contribution from so many members already, but we are a third of the league has already contributed, and we are not done. Last uh, episode, we got to the meats, the meat and bolts. But this time, we are going to get to the nuts and potatoes. That's right. We are getting into the main content. And that tells us one thing. That's right. It's time for the main segment. It's going to be the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes. Well, like I said, we had meat and bolts last time. Uh, This is a continuation. This is part two of the previous uh, meat and bolts section. So I guess that makes us the nuts and potatoes. And just to remind you, first of all, if you haven't listened to the last episode, go ahead and pause this one right here. Perfect time to pause if you missed the last one and double back and read that or hear that last episode. Because what we had was some roster reviews, which including Wolfit providing equivalent women, uh, hot chicks that were similar to rosters. And then... I added uh, the strengths and the weaknesses and uh, throwing out a potential trade for each of the uh, rosters that we did last week. We did six last week. Now, uh, or last episode. Now, last episode, um, I said, you know, I had made the trade predictions, potential trades I might make if I was in charge of the six rosters. Well, one of them was mine. And what I said was, I should trade one of my big four wide receivers. And then I did. Uh, so we talked earlier about how that was originally Needham's idea. Um, that was actually how I got the idea for what the potential trade is I should make. And then I actually did it as we talked about before. Uh, I said Austin had weak quality draft capital and should package guys for a stud. Well, he got draft capital and then packaged that for CMC. So that one happened too. So I basically talked both of my trades into existence during the last episode. 
One of the reasons why I made this podcast to begin with was so that I could really dive deeper, besides providing awesome entertainment, award-winning entertainment, um, is to be able to really dive deeper into the league as a whole and who knows, maybe figure out a couple things in the process that might give me an advantage as well. Uh, And so here we go, me talking my own trades into existence on the previous episode. Um, but before, um, before we get into the first roster, Austin, did you have something you wanted to say about your, uh, young Niner quarterback? Oh, we're talking fantasy. Okay. How about we talk about my fantasy and Trey Lance being, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there saying he's Kaepernick, what, because he's biracial and has tattoos but you know what? He's a Christian, not a Muslim like Kaepernick, okay? Uh, Kaepernick stopped eating all that beef, lost all that weight, couldn't run no more. And his arm delivery, it was all bad. Trey Lance is an angel. And the 49ers are hoping that he is a young, black Ben Roethlisberger type, okay? Coming from a small school like Big Ben from Ball State. Mobile, going to run the ball. They're going to lean on the defense. And then... Let him, let him unleash that cannon he's got, okay? Once you guys figure this out and need him, don't even ever get on board. Never like Trey Lance. Stay in your lane. Well, I don't know about the Big Ben comp, but I'm definitely all for uh, an awesome year from Trey Lance this year. Uh, I think that he has a lot of opportunity. I think... You know, they couldn't do, they didn't ask Garoppolo to do much of anything. So they don't need to ask Lance to do really anything other than throw these short little slants or whatever Jimmy G could do. And then also, he's automatically going to add more just because he can run. So when you factor in Shanahan, like you said, depending on the run also, uh, I, I, I get the Big Ben reference in terms of small school, uh, but it's going to be a little different type of quarterback for sure. Uh, also, yeah, everyone should always stay in their own lane. Couldn't agree more. Uh, we are now going to get all, we are almost ready. Uh, to get into the nuts and potatoes, and it is going to be a continuation of last episode, and I am curious what folks think of Wolfit coming up with these. Wolfit? More like Wooltit, because he's soft. They're in the Pacific Northwest, ain't getting enough vitamin D, surprise COVID didn't ring him out, but God bless, man, glad you're still here. Keep it up, Wolfit, I love your, uh, your diary takes, your hot chick thing, that didn't really work. But it tried hard, and I appreciate the effort. Dude, you have me absolutely cracking up over here. But I will disagree about uh, Wolfit's hot chick roster comparison not landing. I think that's landed uh, quite well. And without further ado, let's get to the second half. I don't know if you remembered last episode, but I totally like lost my place in my script, and I skipped over a couple spots, including my potential trade. Uh, and I also skipped over Wolfit at that time. So Wolfit was supposed to be second last week, but I skipped around over. I'm sorry about that, Wolfit. So Wolfit said that his roster is like a San Francisco six. They think they're a 10 while walking around the city, but they go down to L.A. and find out they're just a six. Uh, for the strengths, I said that he has some talent, some youth, and upside with six wide receivers, including A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Sky Moore, Pickens, and Christian Watson. I like that six-pack of receivers right there. Uh, for weaknesses, I said that his running back, the depth, is a weakness as it gets a little thin behind Montgomery and Gibson. Man, look, I'm a fan of both running backs, but Gibson has a hard time staying healthy. And if I remember correctly, he had a hard time holding on to the ball last year. I think that was him. I might be getting him confused now. And look, Wolfett has Ken Walker as well. Ken Walker's stock went up just a little bit today already uh, with the announcement of Chris Carson's retirement. I had already known that Chris Carson was never going to play football again. So to me, Ken Walker's uh, stock has stayed the same. Uh, So that he might bolster Wolfett's running back room. Matter of fact, he probably will bolster it. Uh, But I would still say it's technically a little bit of a weakness there. Uh, A potential trade that I would make is I would trade Lamar Jackson or Hertz uh, for a stud running back. So 
assuming that it's Lamar Jackson that gets traded, I would hand the rings over to Hertz and and enjoy the added running back while seeing your quarterback score remain about the same. Right? Jackson and Hertz. Um I think they both have the same higher floor, and I think they both have a really high ceiling. I think Jackson's might be a touch higher, but I think Hertz's just as easily could be uh, higher this year. So you got in the same way you had uh, Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, and you traded Wilson. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing, and yeah, I know you got Hertz back in that trade also. And I wouldn't actually mind turning around and, and, and selling off one of those quarterbacks to get that running back room a little bit more solid. Um, assuming you can. It's hard to trade uh, quarterbacks in one quarterback league. Uh, but that's, oh, excuse me, we got a phone call there, which actually stops the recording, but I'm back. Uh, yeah, just finishing up that thought. I know that trading a quarterback in a one quarterback league can be tough at times, but if doable, especially if someone uh, goes down, uh, then that is the move I would go if I was Wolfett. Uh, moving on to Needham's roster, Wolfit says uh, that Needham's is like Jenny from Forrest Gump. On the surface, super hot, but the underlying layers are a bit shallow. So when he put this on the chat, Needham responded. He said, funny, I started to read uh, your comment and jumped forward on my own. On the surface looks hot, but underlying has A's. So I, gotta add, I thought I had to get that in there. Uh, nice, deep Forrest Gump cut right there. So, you know, I had written some young talent, um, some high-end talent, or excuse me, young top-end talent with high ceilings and draft capital is what his strengths had been. But now you have to add an alpha wide receiver and an alpha running back to his list of strengths as he has strengthened his roster considerably, at least his starting lineup considerably, uh, since... I wrote this out originally. Uh, the weakness is uh, depth is, is a weakness, I would say. So the trade that I would make, well, I did say trade playoff Lenny to the first contender that gets in running back injury trouble, but now I'd say spend the 23 or 24 first on one more stud and go for the championship. All right, looking at the next roster, uh, that brings us to Jason Kelly's. Jason Kelly's roster is an Insta hot. The parts are all kind of weirdly put together, but the overall is a hottie with the jump dump truck ass and store bought titties. <laughs> Dude, these are all so funny. All right. So for uh, Jason Kelly, his strength is his running back depth. I did not actually write down who the running backs were because I was planning on having the um, rosters up on another screen. And then, you know, that was a long time ago and lots of things happened and I've stalled successfully. And so those running backs are Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Melvin Gordon, Kendrick McKissick, um, James Robinson. So I like that running back depth there a lot. Uh, the weaknesses I would say, as I can actually bring my cursor back to the right spot is type, uh, top end wide receiver talent. So if we look at his wide receivers, it's Mike Williams and Juju and Robert Woods. And so he's really missing. Now, Mike Williams might actually have a really, really good year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Mike Williams does like to get hurt a lot though. Uh, and Juju's obviously been a very large disappointment since he took Juju in the first round. That was one of those where... A guy's dynasty value seemed so high one day and just like a short time later, it seemed a lot lower because uh, no one thought that pick was dumb at the time. And then now you look back and like, God damn, dude, Juju screwed you. But Juju's now with Kansas City. Tyreek Hill's vacated a lot of targets. Kelsey's a, a year older. They still have Mahomes. So Juju could have his, his back bounce here. Regardless, I'm going to say that that's going to be a a weakness for Kelly's roster. So the trade that I would make is I would go get a young stud wide receiver, maybe even from this draft class and use some of that running back depth. So, you know, maybe see if James Robinson, when he has his first big game, um, but Etienne looks good also, or, uh, you know, there's, there's enough depth there. You could, it's odd. It's tough to trade running back depth, but 
you also don't want to be one of those mid-tier teams that is stuck in the middle tier and, and not actually going for it. And the trades last year that uh, you, you made, Jason, definitely were going for it. So I think I'd, I'd make another big splash, and I'm sure you can find someone uh, to take some of those uh, running backs off your hands. All right, moving right along, we're now into Adam's roster, and Wolfett said Adam's is like Betty White. Had its moment five years ago, but now it's rotting and stinking. Ouch. And if I remember correctly, hopefully he even put on the chat, because he put these on the chat, um, and not just like sending me the text messages. So I appreciate that as well, Wolf. He tagged everyone when he did it, too. Um, so there's no, he, he, he said it to your face, <laughs> not just to the, to the Twitter sphere slash podcast world. Uh, but he even put in there, sorry, Adam, this is going to sting a little bit. Uh, but hey, he's being honest, so I like it. Um, Adam's roster does look a little bit tough shape for me. Um, but let's see, when we look a little bit closer at it, his strengths include, hey, his quarterback foundation. He has Herbert. And Herbert is top three, if not top one, uh, projected quarterback this year. He's going to be a very, very successful quarterback in this league for a very long time. And I would say if I had to find another strength, I would say that it is serviceable, serviceable wide receiver depth, at least for now. You got Thielen, Claypool, Devontae Parker. So these are guys that... You know, Chris Samuel, if he comes back healthy, uh, there are serviceable guys. But to be honest, it was kind of hard to come up with strengths. Uh, sorry, Adam. Uh, weaknesses, I would say the uh, talent at running back and the depth as well, which is definitely not a good combination. So right now, his stars are Naeem Hines and Isaiah Spiller in the running back role. So in both, both flexes are wide receivers in Corey Davis and Devontae Parker. Um, but those running backs are really not doing that great. And then you look who else he has is uh, Duke Johnson, Barry Snell, and DJ Dallas. So this is, that's not looking good at all. So the trade that I would make is I would sell Kittle to the highest bidder. I probably should have put that as one of the strengths as well. Quarterback and tight end foundation. Um, I would sell Kidder. I guess Herbert too, probably. Actually, I'd probably sell. I'd sell it all, actually. I'd sell the value that's there. I'd break it down and build the thing back up. Um, and that can be fun too. You can ask uh, BT and Needham all about that. So speaking of Needham and BT, uh, let's take a look at BT's uh, roster hot check, and that is Scarlett Johansson because she is a 10 out of 10. Now, this was written the same day that the power rankings came out, and BT apparently is a billion times better than all the rest of us combined. I had no idea getting ETN was so powerful. But then Wolfit doubled back, and he said, hold on, let me change that. And he said yeah, he's changing his hot roster take. BT, your roster is like Margot Robbie. Incredibly hot, deep, and talented. Yet the jury is still out on whether or not you're super hot or can actually win something. So I like that one as well. Uh, for strengths, uh, young talent with nice upside and draft capital. We talked earlier about uh, how, how deep his wide receivers are. But for the weaknesses, what I said is that he's lacking top-end wide receiver talent. So um, as, I, as I remind myself, I think there was at least one pretty high-end wide receiver on that roster. As I look now and remind myself that, oh, he's got DJ Moore and Waddle and Pittman. Oh, yeah. No, I guess when I say weakness being not a top-end wide receiver talent, I mean like top five. But you know what? Waddle might be in the top five this year. Pittman might be in the top five this year. So I think he definitely, I mean, obviously a 10 out of 10 and Scarlett Johansson uh, would be hard to find a weakness. And apparently I was having a hard time finding a weakness. So the trade I'd make, I would package some of those seconds with one of those upside wide receivers having a hard time cracking your lineup. So we talked about the, I referenced the wide receivers earlier. So on top of uh, the starters who I just mentioned in Waddle and DJ Moore, 
uh, and Pittman. Then you also have a lot of depth at wide receiver uh, with uh, Mooney and Brandon Cooks. And let's see, who's on the taxi, by the way? Nico Collins. I thought there was a good one on the taxi. And uh, Jamison Williams from uh, Detroit. He's on the pup list right now, but he should be fine. Uh, yeah, so I would package some of those. Uh, you got some wide receivers that could be starting weekly that are not going to make your starting lineup. So that's a trade that I would make if I was BT. Package some of those, and you keep your first. So package the seconds with one of those upside wide receivers. All right, so finally, the last roster that we're getting into, and if I missed a roster, well, so I think I got all 12. I'm pretty sure we got all 12, but if I did miss one, please forgive me and let me know who I missed, but I think we got all 12. So Ben Roser's roster is like Melania Trump. Half the league is going to hate it, but you're a model, you speak six languages, and you got a shot to win it all if things go just right. So that's another, who else was it? Who else was saying that they're very interested in uh, uh, Ben Rose's roster? Uh, people are, I don't know, Jason Kelly, I can't remember, but people are noticing Rose's roster a little bit more than I think they did previously, uh, which is interesting. So for strengths, I said he, uh, Rose has a strong core of high-end talent. Well, again, I didn't write any of these down, so let's remind ourselves who's this top-end talent that I'm impressed by. All right, well, Mahomes. Austin Eckler, DK Metcalf, Mike Evans, uh, CEH is probably not considered top-end talent. Uh, but okay, so there you go. So Mahomes, Eckler, Metcalf, and Evans. Yeah, that's nice. I like CEH uh, for this year. Let's see, is there anyone on the bench that might be starting that I'm missing or he's got all the starters in? No, all the starters are in. Um, you know, his tight end is Cole Komet. A lot of people are thinking Cole Komet might do something uh, this year as well. He also has Aaron Rodgers on the bench um, with Patrick Mahomes. So he's got two pretty top-end quarterbacks right there. Let's see. So I said that's what the strengths were. What did I say the weaknesses were as I lose my spot again? Oh, depth and no 2023 draft picks. Uh, the trade that I'd make is I'd sell Aaron Rodgers to the first team that loses their quarterback and had a shitty backup. So, I mean, who knows? Like, like mine would be a perfect example. If I, if I um, lose Allen and the rest of my guys are doing really well and I got Mariota and Mitch Trubisky and they're both sucking, as they probably will, then yeah, I'd probably, if, I'm, if I really think I have a shot to win the whole thing, especially if I get a couple like running back breaks with injuries or something like that, then yeah, I'd probably go for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, knowing it's going to be short term, but I, I would, I could see at the wrong, at the wrong uh, uh, time quarterback gets injured on a team that's making a run at it, I could see them going for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but you hear, you kept hearing me hesitating. I wrote down these trades, and then now I'm doing the Aaron Rodgers trade after I'd already said in Wolfitt's trade how it would be hard to sell a quarterback. So I kind of <laughs> realizing that these are a little bit easier said than done. But hey, like I said, a contending team loses their quarterback and has a shitty backup, and next thing you know, you are in to go. You are good to go <laughs> and in it to win it and all of the above. All right, that is wrapping up all the hot chicks of uh, Hit us up in the uh, mailbag section for letting us know who you think uh, had the, the most accurate hot chick roster and, uh, or, or if you think you can do even better, then I'd love to hear it. All right, that was the nuts and the potatoes. Let's go ahead, right? Nuts and bowls. Yeah, yep, got it right. Yep, see, it never sounds right. Even when you say it right, it doesn't sound right. All right, let's go ahead and move on to another one of my absolute favorite segments. Well, that jingle means it is time for us to talk about an old trade. I love going back and reviewing these old trades. Half the time we forget them, or at least we forget the finer details of them. And then also you go back later on, a couple years later, and you can look and see what those draft picks, who they actually turned into. So last episode, we reviewed when Wyland traded a 22 first for Tua. Uh, to Jason, and uh, we said that Jason won that trade, although still, you know, jury's still out. I haven't given up on Tua. 
completely, and I'm sure hoping that he can um, uh, support Tyreek Hill this year. Um, but when Jason won that trade, we we're going to talk about the next trade, which Jason did not win. So the next trade that we had was on November 11th in 2020, and Jason acquired Todd Gurley for Austin's 2021 20, second, and he did that trade with Needham. So Needham uh, acquired Gurley. I remember Gurley very much because in our Dynasty startup draft, he was like the guy in the first year that people were scared of, in the first round, that people were scared of the most for drafting in that first year of a Dynasty out of fear that he had hit his his peak and it was going to be downhill injury-wise. He, was high, he had a knee issue at the time, and I forget exactly what the finer details were, but it was, it was, they were saying it was going to be okay, but wasn't really gonna, and we weren't really sure. And it was kind of hush hush out of the girly camp. But anyway, so when Needham acquired the roster, uh, one of the, the assets he was hoping and trying to move was Todd Gurley. He was able to uh, move Todd Gurley for a second, which seemed like a steal at the time. If Gurley could regain any of his, uh, uh, form that resulted in him finishing as the running back one, three, and 15 in the prior three seasons. Now, 2020 ended up being his last season, and he did not quite make it back to the field last season. Um, he did poorly. And uh, look, it only cost him a second. A second now is not, we know is not the end-all, be-all. It's probably worth it. As a shot, it wasn't like he gave up two first for him. Uh, but let's take a look and see what that pick turned who that pick turned into. Now that was Austin's 2021 second. And as we pull that up, we see that Needham has remember it was with Needham. Um, Needham drafted that was the 202, and Needham took Elijah Moore. Needham took Elijah Moore. Now I'm remembering that in another old trade, we talked about Needham taking the at the 201 and he took Rondale Moore and I remember at that time saying well yeah he took Rondale Moore who hasn't really done a whole lot but he took Elijah Moore with the next pick so who's to say that he didn't take you know he didn't actually like Elijah more than Rondale well guess what we already did that take so now we're gonna do this one which is yeah last time that was Rondale this one's Elijah Moore and like I said that last time uh, Moore had a very had a respectful rookie year, and I definitely like his upside. I'm a pretty decent Elijah Moore fan, assuming Zach Wilson can then turn into a serviceable quarterback, which I think will be interesting to see. So Jace, Jason may have won the old trade last episode, but I'm going to have to give it to Needham on this one. I have absolutely no idea what the next old trade is going to be for next episode, but I look forward to finding that out. We are starting to wrap things up, but before we go, we definitely have time for a couple more things, including the random stat. Well, I didn't exactly know what I was going to do for a random stat for this episode, and then on the day that I was actually finishing the writing the episode, our newest power rankings came out. Uh, he all, we always just keep asking Wyland to do it, but then Wyland actually also just sent us the link. Now, maybe that's different power rankings than the, the power rankings that, that Wyland was sending us earlier. Uh, but regardless, we got to look up our power rankings in the Keep Trade Cut website, which you know my feelings on that one. And as we stated earlier, BT's overall roster is just destroying everyone else's. Second was just not even close. BT is killing us. However, if you take out draft capital, then Austin starts to get a little closer to BT, but BT's still destroying us. And then if you look just at starters, then all of a sudden, Wyland has the perfect score and BT takes the backseat to him, but just like second place. So look, I like BT's roster, but I don't agree with these rankings. Uh, I am not seeing BT's roster being that much better than the rest of us. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's going to dominate and there's going to be a big tear break between BT and the rest of us. Um, he did call that he'd be in the finals, but uh, matter of fact, what he called was uh, Wyland. He called BT, called himself and Wyland in the finals. And if you look just at the starters, keep trade cut agrees. 
And so that's actually a, uh, at least what the masses would agree with as well. Uh, and we know how I feel about those rankings. So anyway, I appreciate uh, the, the power ranking uh, reference shared by Wyland or Link or whatever I'm trying to say. Um, and that was a good, uh, another good conversation starter for the day. Uh, and it works perfectly for our random stat. So yeah, BT is killing us in power rankings. Um, although Wyland's starters are ranked number one. So we, I, I, we're going to close it out here, but I can't, like I got Austin on the line. I just, I can't let him go without going, going a little deeper, right? Let's get in some next level league analysis. And uh, do you have any interesting new takes on just the overall league dynamic that you think might be um, not obvious to everyone? Austin? There's one other thing I wanted to talk about. It has absolutely nothing to do with fantasy, but it has everything to do with this fantasy league. And that is the bromance between our Sergeant of America, whatever we're calling Jason Kelly anymore, and BT. Now, it's been subtle, but I can see stuff. Like, they're playing footsies, okay? And when they're subtly flirting like this, it means a whole lot more than what Needham and I are doing, okay? Needham and I, we go hard. We like to joke. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like Nick Cannon when he got with Mariah Carey, you know, the older cat and the young buck. And we just knew from the beginning it wasn't going to totally work out, you know. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. But BT and Jason Kelly, come on, dude. I'm jelly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you go cracking up all episode and thank you so much Austin for all the contributions I I really really appreciate it do you have any any closing remarks for for the group any, anything for the class hey yeah Will yeah thanks for having me on on your podcast man coming live from uh your from uh from your mom's fart box that's that's what we're calling this is the fart box um, if you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, make sure no kids are around. And yeah, not not your mom specifically. It was meant towards like everyone, because it's I'm not I'm not trying to make this personal. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Glad to uh, be able to give some input. Uh, a lot of strong teams. A lot of characters in this league. Um, Rick, Rick's really growing on me. Um, we'll fit too, you know, we have our ups and downs and, uh, need him. He's always steady. He's just right there. He's just loyal as a, as a, as an American Labrador retriever. He's just, he's right there and he'll, he'll fetch some balls. Let me tell you greatly. <laughs> Killing me today. Yes. He will, he will fetch some balls. All right. Well done. Uh, I can't think of a better uh, a bit to wrap up on. Uh, and yeah, no offense about uh, my mom's fart box. It, I know you meant ones. Well, I didn't know, actually. I thought you might have been referencing my poor mother. Uh, no, but uh, uh, no offense taken. Uh, mom's fart box, great uh, addition to the doghouse. And I also want to thank the cat box as well. And also uh, BT calling in. Uh, nice and early getting his MVP in and getting it secured. And of course, want to thank uh, Wolfit for providing uh, the meat and potatoes, uh, excuse me, the meat and bolts, the nuts and potatoes for the last two episodes and the hot chick references were awesome. So thank you very much. Speaking of awesome, we are awesome. You are awesome for listening. And with that, cue music. We're out of here.